Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Night Report Podcast. Uh, I'm Michael Brudvent. Joining us once again, Richie Schneiderit, Chris Nolaski. Guys, I hate that we have to start the top of the show after such an awesome Rutgers week with this Wisconsin game, but let's just kind of get it out of the way. God, that was ugly. That, that was brutal. That was, that was really bad. I know we just talked about it before the show, but if I, didn't write, and if I didn't have to write the recap, I would not have been watching the second half. <laughs> Yeah, it, was, it wasn't Rutgers' best day on the field, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, Wisconsin really, you know, controlled the game the whole way, and uh, Rutgers just didn't, didn't have an answer. And, uh, you know, I guess you got to move on. Yeah, I think that game, it was just there was an inflection point at some point in the first half where we could have been in that game. It could have been a tight game, but we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Like, we, like the play calling, third and five, the run, to not go for it on fourth down with like, that was just like Greg had said something. And I, I know it's been highlighted by other reporters. I don't know if you guys talked about it too, but he said, this is a team that you can't really win. You can't beat unless you're playing from ahead, but they didn't put themselves in a position to play from ahead either. Mm-hmm. Like they could have went for that on fourth down, possibly scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. maybe forced another, another turnover, maybe forced another three and out, but they kind of played scared. And then the pick six, I think is the point at which the game completely fell apart for them. Yeah, I, I agree with the pick six, uh, you know, and like I completely agree also when, you know, Rutgers had the ball, you know, deep in the you know red zone there. I really thought, you know, they weren't going to be, you know, I, I honestly didn't think that Rutgers would probably, you know, get back there. So I for sure thought they should have went for them fourth down, uh, trying to get the touchdown. They got the field goal and, uh, you know, they didn't have much success after that. And then, you know, the pick six that definitely changed the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin just ran the ball extremely well. They passed the ball well. And Rutgers, did, you know, didn't have any answers. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd even say it took that long, like, to the pick six. It's probably mm-hmm. the first drive of the game for Rutgers, and it's like, oh, shit, there it goes again. Like, what, second play? Federal throws a pick, and it's just like, oh, it's all downhill from here. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it just was – you kind of got that feeling as soon as that pick happened. It's like, oh, like, you got the – Rutgers got the pick. It's like, yeah, let's go. Like, they got a shot. Score first real quick, and then two plays later pick. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, there it goes. Then what, two plays later touchdown? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just on repeat pretty much, like over and over and over again. It seems like this happened against, who was it, Northwestern? Or who was the home game? Mich- Michigan State? Mm-hmm. Like the same thing all over again, but very, very ugly. Yeah. Yep, yep. so we're four and uh, five now. We've got three games left in the season. We need to win two of the last three to make a bowl. Maryland looks winnable. This upcoming game looks winnable, but we'll talk more about that later. But we're really having to thread the needle at this point to save the season. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if uh, there is a saving the season at this point. I really don't even know if there's another win. The only good news is that you're probably going against their Indiana's backup this weekend. So, I mean, I guess that helps a little bit. But still, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't know if there's a fifth win on this schedule. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, I was, you know, I guess, I guess I would say I was more confident coming out, coming out of the Illinois win. Uh, now I'm not quite sure. I mean, there are, there are winnable games in the schedule left. 
Um, Penn State's probably lost. They got Maryland, Indiana also. Uh, I mean, Indiana, uh, uh, last time Rutgers was in Indiana, they passed for one yard. Uh, I know the team is completely completely different from then, but uh, I mean, I mean, Rutgers has a little bit of quarterback, you know, uncertainty right now. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, I think, I think they're, you know, they're all winnable games left on the schedule to get the two wins. Uh, but the team is a little banged up too. Uh, so, I mean, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. It's so bad. Like, yeah, I, it's just it, going, the only positive, like I can really take away from this entire game is that Johnny Wangen is clearly the far away, the best, the best tight end on this roster. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have said that two months ago, maybe even. Mm -hmm. It's it's just wild how much he's developed. So have you guys seen a massive leap in terms of his abilities from training camp to now? I I mean, I think we've always known tight end play. Yeah. uh, Tight end play. Yeah. I think we've always known he's been pretty goddamn athletic. I mean, arguably, the most athletic person on the team, I'll go as far as to say. Wow. I really thought he um, would have been a hell of a linebacker, honestly, but I didn't think tight end was actually the spot for him, but he's proven he has pretty good hands. He's a pretty good blocker, and he kind of just bought in from, like uh, you heard Greg say on Mm -hmm. Monday or last Monday, whatever it was. Yeah, last Monday, yeah. Yeah, last Monday. He talked about Langan and not really wanting to switch, and then this offseason he kind of bought into the switch of tight end, and now he's thriving more than ever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, he's been playing really well. Uh, I, I really like Johnny. I mean, he doesn't really play, you know, the quarterback role as much anymore. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, he has great hands. He's been blocking a lot better. Um, he's just probably the best, you know. At the, and then I think I think Rutgers really needs to use the tight, use the, the tight ends more in the passing game. Um, I know a couple, you know, no Vedral's best throws so far this season really been, you know, up, up the field to the tight ends. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Langan should definitely be – you know, more involved as a, as, as, as these last couple of games go on. All right. So I don't really even want to talk about the game from last week much more. It was probably the ugliest game of the season. And that's saying a lot. We do have a lot of positive news on the Rutgers athletics front. First and foremost, the first ever big 10 tournament champions, the women's field hockey team, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, this is huge, guys. This is, as an athletic department, like, we've had some great news, but this is probably the biggest team accomplishment we've seen in a long time at Rutgers. Yeah, I mean, that that's huge. I couldn't believe it. Um, the fact that it was home definitely probably helped them a little bit. Um, it was pretty cool. It was cool to see and cool to, like, read about. And, uh, obviously, Mark Bader, one of our Olympic sports writers, he wrote about it. It's it's just an interesting read. Uh, I don't think I would have had my money on field hockey winning the first uh, – Big Ten title for Rutgers, though. Probably yeah, win, women's uh, soccer, but yeah, I probably would have went women's soccer. Uh, also, uh, I know uh, field, field hockey kind of turned the tide a couple years ago when they made the NCAA tournament, <laughs> and ever since then they've been getting better and better. Um, I honestly didn't get a chance to watch either of the two women's games on Sunday. I was not home, um, but I did obviously read about them, and uh, I was I was a little shocked about the women's soccer loss, um, but they did still get a number one seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, so that's awesome for them too. Um, you know, they have two legitimate, you know, national, you know, championship contenders here, and uh, that's it's really good to see. Uh, you know, as and like you said, like the program, the athletic program. Um, you know, they got some eyes on Rutgers now, so it's 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 good to see, honestly. Yeah, and I actually did get to watch both games, so maybe mm-hmm. I'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so. So field hockey, kind of like wrestling, like most of the bi- the best teams in the country are in the Big Ten. So 
it's a good like kind of stand in for what the national championship kind of scene might look like. So Rutgers did get pretty lucky in terms of their break for the field hockey tournament. So, I mean, you should as the number one overall seed, but Iowa, who was the long time number one uh, ranked team in the country who lost in the semifinals, I believe of the, mm-hmm. of the uh, big 10 tournament. Yep. They're on the opposite side. Michigan, who is the home host team is also on the opposite side and they're the two in the three seed overall. Uh, so that's one big break. Another big break is the other ranked seed, uh, Penn State. They're number four. Rutgers has beat them a couple times this season, including in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. So if things play out like the way they should, there is a pretty clear path for Rutgers <laughs> to make the, the final in this tournament. Ob- obviously, it's easier said than done, but they do have a pretty clear path there. Um, but speaking of the other uh, monumental uh program this year the women's soccer team is also a number one seed in the ncaa tournament um they did have a pretty tough loss their offense looked awful against michigan on sunday in the 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 tournament final i think they only had like one shot on goal in the first like 70 minutes of the game um this is another pretty good break for Rutgers, I guess. Uh, they they actually have the Shiano Bowl to start the tournament. Um, they play against Bucknell and Katie Shiano. Uh, Greg Shiano's daughter is actually on the Bucknell soccer team, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, so they play on. So I'm sorry. The the uh, one more thing on the field hockey team. They play on Friday against the winner of Delaware or Fairfield. Uh, the women's soccer team plays on Sunday versus Bucknell. Um, I think that this loss might help because when you, anybody who's played sports knows when you're on a big winning streak, there's like an internal pressure to keep that streak alive. They were winning, they won 13 games in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, this might help them just kind of recalibrate and rebalance themselves going into the tournament. Like the pressure of the winning streak isn't on them anymore. They've seen that they, they really do need to improve some things. They might've lost, unfortunately, one of their best players though, Mm -hmm. in the final minute of the game, the, the big 10 defender of the year, Gabby Provenzano, she got, a pretty vicious challenge from the Michigan defender and it, just like a knee to knee injury. It wasn't a twist. It was like bone on bone. So she might be dealing with a bone bruise and I don't know if she's gonna be able to play next game, but something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I, I agree actually. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they do kind of, you know, reset batteries here and, you know, do work on some things. Um, I know their offense, you know, for the most of the season, it was, was really excelling the season compared to, you know, in the past, um, I felt like in the Big Ten tournament, it was a little more stagnant. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, they do have to, you know, work on some some scoring there. The defense is usually pretty solid. But, you know, with Provisano being out, I'm sure that'll that'll change some things there, too. So you never know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they both have good good chances this weekend. Um, it's very intriguing with uh, Shiano's daughter at Bucknell. I thought that was pretty cool. I saw that. I saw that last night. Maybe we can ask Shiano on Wednesday, uh, you know, who is – you know who is rooting for or something like that so uh it, it's 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 a you know fun little storyline there for sure yeah and he'll get to watch uh if he wants to i, I don't yeah. know if he's gonna be able to but that, that game will be at your your sack field uh, <laughs> the uh the field hockey game will also be uh on livingston campus when when they play on saturday or on friday as well when, when's the um, soccer game is friday or saturday so i'm sorry the soccer game is on saturday the field hockey game is on friday Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, they'll uh, be uh, uh, so yeah, they'll be in Indiana then. Yeah, so. I'll have to watch from Oh shit. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I'm an idiot. Good. Yeah. No worries. Uh, next wrestling kicked off their season on uh, Sunday. They had a quad. They won all three matches in the quad. Uh, they were playing some pretty. They were playing teams that weren't up to the the quality of Rutgers. So 
this, the results aren't surprising. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about what you saw, if you, if you were able to see anything. I think there was one really surprising result from that match uh, against Binghamton, but yeah. we'll get into that. I watched a little bit on the stream, but uh, mostly Lex was covering for us. I talked to him afterwards. Um, the one big loss was probably the Sammy Alvarez one against Binghamton. Yep. I forget what the kid's name was, <clears throat> but apparently um, – I didn't watch this one, but apparently Lex was telling me the kid just got a perfect – like perfect hold on Alvarez. And that was just kind of it before that he was kind of stalling a little bit. Even the coaching staff was pleading to the refs about a stalling penalty, but mm-hmm. obviously nothing came of it. Um, in the first match though, Sammy Alvarez looked really good. Didn't look gassed. Um, looked like he's actually ready to go. He cut that weight. He's at 133 now. Looks, looks like he's probably going to have a solid season. I wouldn't look too much into this loss. I think it's just more or less like it, it happened. It was a perfect, like perfect, like headlock. And that was pretty much it. Um, the heavyweights, we can talk about that. That's that was huge for Rutgers. They all looked very good. Bullsack looked good. Paz, no surprise really. And then Boone McDermott looked really, really good at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first time I want to say Goody actually mentioned in the presser. He brought all three of those guys into the presser, and it might have been the first time ever that they've had three heavyweights up there at the presser mm-hmm. post match. It's um, it's no longer that weak spot for Rutgers. This is like kind of the strength almost at this point. They look good. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do against a tougher competition. Sure. Just going to have to wait and see that one. But uh, I mean, for uh, for what it was, it was a solid showing for a quad. And I think they said around 3,300 fans or something like that for a quad that had Cleveland State, NJCU, and Binghamton. That's, that's a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Speaking of Boo McDermott, uh, I know he won a, I think he won the junior na- college national championship as a yeah. freshman at heavyweight. Uh-huh. And then he came in and he didn't really make much noise last year. Uh, I was I was kind of concerned that he might just not be maybe not ready for the Big Ten grind. But yeah, I was very intrigued and impressed with his performance on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he had that whole year that didn't count, quote unquote, um, that's huge for just getting him in the weight room, fixing like his body a little bit, fixing a little bit of body fat and muscle. And he looked really, really good. And I think he's kind of uh, solidified himself as that top heavyweight at this point. Yeah, I mean, and we know in the past, you know, heavyweight, it has been Rutgers kind of, you know, weakness in the, in the lineup. Uh, so now they're kind of putting it all together. I know early in the season, uh, probably this season, you know, everyone's talking about how this is, you know, possibly Scott Cadell's best team, um, you know, top, top to bottom, you know, it very may well, it very may well be. Um, and so everyone has to improve as the season goes along and we'll see how the ultimate lineup shakes out. But yeah, it was a, it was a great start for Rutgers for sure on the map. Yeah. yeah and we even have some freshmen who like, Probably yep. will make start making an impact later in the season. One being Keontae Hamilton, who's coming over from the football field. Another uh, being Dean Dean Peterson, who's kind of recovering from an injury, I believe. Yep. And he didn't wrestle last year, so as he gets into shape. But go ahead, Richie. What were you? Saying? No, no. I mean, like uh, Lex kind of said it. He put his five takeaways out yesterday, or mm-hmm. last yesterday afternoon, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Chauver had a uh, major decision against the NCAA qualifier. Um, Alvarez looked good. Seabass is Seabass, obviously. Pause is pause. Van Brill, Kennard looked pretty solid. This is going to be a very, very good team. And even Lex kind of predicted in his five takeaways that this might be the best dual meet season ever for Rutgers. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. But this this lineup from top to bottom is it's pretty damn good. And Turley didn't even wrestle on Sunday. I know. Seems that's, like he's dealing yeah, with a body injury. But. A lot of people were worried about that. Lex talked about that one, too. Nothing to worry about. It's just a little ding. The whole plan was to bench him for this quad that didn't really matter at all whatsoever anyway. So they'll be fine. 
Who do they wrestle next? Um, um, I don't know off the top of my head. I do know that Prudential Center one is coming up soon, I believe. Here, I got I got it here. They have a quad on Saturday against uh, Clarion, Davidson, and UT Chattanooga. And, and, so that's in, at in, Davidson. In North Carolina. Well. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I know um, Bolsack actually is from Clarion, isn't he? Um, Possibly. Oh, uh, yes, I believe so, actually. Yeah, yeah I'm like, that's, like, that's, like 90% sure he's the one that transferred in from Clarion. They have a decent yeah. program down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about Davidson or Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga is actually okay, too. This, this should be an interesting one. And then, obviously, they come back and Prudential Center, what is it, next weekend? Yeah, the, following, the following weekend, yeah. Two or weekends the 27th, the 27th. Foster, UNC, and American. So, that's this is cool. Like, I don't mind the quads. I don't – I'm indifferent on them because I like to watch, like, one match at a time. I can't right. concentrate on two. I'm, I'm slow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean that those kind of suck. But at Prudential would be kind of cool. I, I'm sorry. This one's not a quad. This is just Hofstra and UNC. I read mm-hmm. that wrong. Yep. Try here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garden. Yeah. That'll be their first big test of the season. Uh, Hofstra is usually pretty good, and North Carolina is ranked 16th. So yeah. If they could win those, I mean, you're talking what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten and zero going into Midlands. Mm-hmm. Wow, might be interesting. Yeah, I know. I know North Carolina usually has, uh, you know, a good team in the ACC. They, they usually have a couple, of, you know, Jersey guys on the team. Another, I know they had a couple, mm-hmm. you know, in the past, some some South Plainfield guys. So I'm sure, um, and and they have one now actually. He's he's Retro Junior, who I've who I've covered in the past. He's a, he's a good kid. So and yeah. then uh, you know Rutgers has a South Plainfield freshman now too. So I'm sure they'll. They'll link up. But, yeah, North, North Carolina is always a pretty good team, for sure. Yeah, and there's, they're going after the same recruits kind of, too. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, Jimmy Mullen, the top 2020 – or one of the top 2023 football players, is also being recruited for uh, wrestling. Uh, he took an official – or official or unofficial, I can't remember – to UNC mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and now he wants to get back up to Rutgers soon. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if he attends that match over in uh, Newark. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're not super, super serious about him as a football recruit, though, from, from um, what I can it's, gather. It's different. Greg, Greg and crew are kind of aiming very, very high. So it's yeah. kind of above his uh, his level of play, I should say. But if I could see them actually end up taking him in the end. He's a very good player still. I just don't know how many wrestlers you want on your football team. You can't be like – I know like, splitting time is not the worst thing in the world, but it's not, yeah. it's not ideal if you're a football player or if you're either way. You want to yeah, pick seemed- one and figure that out. It seemed like they were much more high or much higher on Keontae as an actual football player than Jimmy Mullen. And I think you ultimately. can see why, hence the, yeah. the start. He's this been past weekend. crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's going to fill in perfectly for Turner as soon as he uh, leaves or graduates, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Shiano does traditionally love the football players along the lines. Like, if you take a look, like, remember, uh, Alex Silvestro, he was a state yes. champion wrestler. He, yes. He's gone after some some really high level wrestlers in recruiting. Like Gerald Hodges was like a state champion level yeah. wrestler. Glenn Carson was a state champion wrestler. It's huge um, with their like their hand placement too. Like they their their hands are just so good when they're a wrestler because they're so used to doing it with wrestling. And it just yeah. you don't have to. It's another thing you don't have to teach these guys. Like yeah, you teach them a little technique, but they already have most of the. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, look at like Iowa's offensive line for example. They're usually all. Like giant heavyweight wrestler, so and and you know Wisconsin too. It works. I mean, yep. yeah. I'm intrigued to see the uh, the Jersey Mike's Arena this week. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yet. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I wonder what 
is an artist's rendition of what the arena looks like and what is what the arena actually looks like now. I, did they put up a big, I don't know if you guys have been on campus since the maybe announcement, have they put up like some kind of big sticker or sign on the, the arena? No, not that I've seen so far. Um, the ticket office, like when you first walk up, like we'll call and all that, just as Jersey Mike's arena on the bottom, like a big uh, poster board or whatever you want to call it, like yeah. sticky type stuff, decal. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we, I, I mean, we, uh, you should ask Lex and, uh, you know, see. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I talked to him about it. He said okay. there's not really much difference. Um, I know, uh, obviously, I'm pretty sure Jersey Mike's is in there, like in mm -hmm. terms of food. Um, for wrestling, they set up like four corner, like pop up uh, ads or whatever you want to call them, kind of like what uh, basketball does in like the baseline. Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming they'll probably do something similar um there'll be decals on the floor for basketball too right that's that's what i'm intrigued by so i don't know if it'll be on the floor but they'll have that one that probably goes across the uh scorers table as always mm -hmm. i'm sure that's gonna Got be it. like every third one's probably like jersey mics or something <laughs> um i know uh after reading the contract and the details like i posted a couple of them on the board there's there's some interesting stuff in there like there's they, they have to have like a rendition or like and they have to do something with the rack and make it a little bit more like appealing in the future. I think it's by 2025 or something. Yeah. The, the, ter the verbiage was pretty ambiguous though. It was like significant upgrades by like a, a period, like five years out or new arena or new arena, which isn't happening. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. Like I, I know some people get like mad about it on the boards. If you put that arena in downtown New Brunswick, it sells out every night, hundred percent. Without but here's down. the here's the problem. You agreed to make the new arena without the football complex. Shiano <laughs> would lose his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no way around that. <laughs> uh, what are they? They're building something over by the train station. I thought that area was big enough for an arena. They could have made something there. Parking would suck, obviously, but. Yeah. I think it's fine where it is. Yeah. It would be so cool to have it like downtown New Brunswick, just because like you could get that New York City MSG type feel. People taking the train in, get right off the train, boom, arena. Mm -hmm. like, that would be how it'd have to be set up too. It'd have to be like a multi-layer, like garage on the ground floor, like the yeah. actual playing court above it. Like there's like you're saying, there's not enough room to actually have. I like, thought that empty lot rooms. next to next to the train station or whatever they're doing with it now, some kind of super store or whatever i don't even know what the hell it is to be honest i don't follow it as much as i probably should but who knows yep. so another big news item moving on from wrestling and uh arena talk women's basketball yeah. uh kind of the writing was kind of on the wall cviv is not returning for this season uh due to her concerns about covid uh guys this stinks to me i don't know about you I don't, I don't really want to touch this one. Chris, this is all you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you kind of, you know, saw it coming, uh, you know, she hasn't been with the team since uh, what was it? April or something like that, or like, you know, Radford tournament, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, you know, she just signed the contract and everything. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, they start tonight. I mean, Tim, maybe Tim, maybe does it, you know, he's done a fantastic job. Um, seems like the team is energized to get the season going, so I don't really think it's affecting them too much. Um, maybe we'll probably find out more as the season goes on. After the season, you know, some decisions, I guess, will have to be made. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely disappointing, I guess, but uh, it was also one we saw coming, for sure. I'm intrigued how this – like, someone brought it up. How is this going to affect recruiting? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, you can't. Like, how are you supposed to recruit right now? Yeah. Do you tell kids like, hey, like I'm I'm Tim Bateman, I'm your head coach, sort of, kind of. I, I wonder. I, I wonder if know. he. Yeah, I wonder if he if he gets like a uh, you know raise or you know added compensation or something. Oh, like that. I'm sure he gets like um. I'm actually going to file an open request for that. I'm sure he gets some kind of raise for taking over as head coach. Maybe nothing mm-hmm. crazy, but right. at the same time, it's like how, how, you can't recruit. Like you literally can't mm-hmm. recruit because you don't. You can't reassure these kids. Hey, I'll be here next year. No, it's like will you though? Like right? Yeah, and the recruiting has already kind of taken a tumble last like decade. She's she had like this massive class of transfers last year. Like imagine yeah. recruiting all these transfers and then not coaching them too. That's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah. yeah. Did, like, did you, like tell these kids that you weren't going to coach this year or like, did they know? I, I can't imagine that they would come here for their one year of eligibility to not be coached by see the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I'd be able yeah, to. A, a lot. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of kids come to Rutgers, you know, to, to, you know, play for see Vivian Stringer, legendary head coach and everything, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point for sure. I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, I really yeah. don't know. I, I hate to say it, but you can't you can't be doing this. I guess at this point, it's too late the season starting. But mm-hmm. I guess just let it run its course at this point, and then end of the year, just be, basically say, hey, like you're coaching or you're not. Hey, we right. gotta figure this one out. Yeah, yeah. I did a deep dive into her, uh, her, I guess last 15 years, she hasn't won an NCAA tournament game in yeah. the last seven seasons. She's won one NCAA tournament game in the last 10 seasons. She hasn't made a sweet 16 since 2009, which was 13 seasons ago. She hasn't won a conference title since 2007, which was 15 years ago. Mm. Like all her accomplishments at Rutgers are well in the past at this point. Mm. It's just a shame. And she, she runs this antiquated style of offense. She hasn't been developing players and sending them into the WNBA or into professional ranks very often. It's just a shame because yeah. she is a legendary coach. This is a great program and located in a great area, but it's just kind of withering away. Yeah, I mean, women's basketball has been was that like the top of the you know Rutgers sports chain for you know a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, they, it was they, like the they, only program we were proud of for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, they still had a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. They just kind of, I guess, you know, underperformed. I guess you could say. I mean, look at you know. Somebody like Benajah Lady and WNBA or Clay Copper just, you know, won the WNBA finals MVP. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of good players, um, but it's kind of under, underperformed for sure in, in the past decade or so. Yeah. I just, I don't know. At this point, like, I hate to question stuff like this, but you kind of have to as like mm-hmm. reporters at this point or journalists, whatever you want to call us. Uh, even the fan base can question it a little bit too. I, I know, like, we don't know the exact reasoning. And if it is like the COVID thing or like she's scared of COVID, then I mean, you coached all last season long when it was like mm-hmm. at its worst point. Like it's when there was no vaccines available. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a little questionable. There's got to be a reason behind it. And my, my real question, I really, I don't think we'll ever get an answer to this, but when did she tell the administration that this was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, did she just tell them, like, what was it, three weeks ago when they reported she's going to miss the season opener? Or like, I don't know. It's, it, you have to question it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. That's like the nicest way of putting it. I feel like <laughs> there's not really. Yeah, much. she she signed her contract. It was reported uh, <laughs> April fifteenth, April fourteenth, April fifteenth, and she's been on leave ever since. It's it, it, like the whole situation. That, that's is just so weird. very strange. Like, why sign the contract unless mm-hmm. there's a revision yeah. in there, which we don't know about. But I feel like Keith Sarge and all those guys are probably reading it twenty four seven over and over again, trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that that's kind of the you know major question point too. With the, you know, with the contract, and then you know she has been with the team. I know she has, you know, some family issues. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into like all the medical stuff, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely um, a very weird kind of situation for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so weird to sign the contract and yeah. then like, oh, I'm not coaching anymore, and it's like, what what, what the hell you mean? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Whatever, use your sick days. You can like be lying if like i didn't use sick days in the past like <laughs> hell yep. this past saturday I used one yeah, yeah same <laughs> yeah uh nice yeah spot. i mean i don't know if there's much more we can really talk about on this but it's no. definitely something that we'll watch yeah. and see evolve yeah mm-hmm. i had to monitor a little bit yeah uh i, I mean sure. i guess you know to to cap this they uh first game is tonight women's basketball uh tuesday night seven o'clock against st peter's on uh btm plus we're going to have the post game video too cuz I'm going to be on that just cuz I'm curious what questions will be answered. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Um some football news items uh outside of the the preview. Um got some injury updates. Aaron Crookshanks out for the year that looked like a pretty bad knee injury on the replay. It's probably an ACL at least. Mm-hmm. Um Noah Vedrill's banged up. Greg kind of commented that he probably should have taken Noah out earlier in the game. Now he's kind of up in the air for his availability on Saturday. It would really suck if he's not there. Guys, are you hearing anything else regarding injuries for this week? No, I, I think Noah plays at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Um, he basically even said it in the presser. Like, I, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I told you about this, guys, before, the, before we started this. Like, the backup quarterbacks suck. Like, they are bad. And that Saturday was more proof. And Greg kind of even reiterated it on Monday saying like, Hey, like no one knows the playbook the best knows how to, what we want them to do the best. Like no one else is ready and mm-hmm. stop. Like the whole idea of throwing Wimsat against the number one defense in big 10, just that was, I, I told, I said this last podcast yep. too. I'm not tooting my own horn right now, but um, yeah, like Wimsat putting him against the number one defense in the conference, isn't going to help against a pass rush that was dominating your offensive line for the most part. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yes, somebody texted me, uh, you know, uh, while the Wisconsin game was going on. He was like, well, why don't they put Wimstead in? And I'm like, nah, man, you can't you can't put Wimstead in, in this situation. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, going back to Cookshank, yeah, that was that was a tough break. You know, he he's, he stepped right, tried to go back left, and his, his knee just completely gave out. It, 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 it didn't look good. So mm-hmm. I, I thought for sure that he was going to be out, and, you know, he is. The other issue with playing Wimsat is if he sucks, mm-hmm. all this you're about to sign all this like all these recruits in this 2022 class. If he sucks even a little bit, they're all going to start reconsidering. They're like, oh and, wait, that's the quarterback I'm supposed to play with. Like that's the star. Like, oh, never mind. Hold on. It's that much harder to recruit transfers as well, which is transfers. probably going to be a big emphasis in the offseason. Yeah, I know we uh, we talked about this last night, Mike. Well, a little bit. Yeah, we'll get a little bit into a potential transfer item in a few minutes. Uh, we did get a commitment on Saturday uh, from I don't know how to pronounce his name. Kier Price, yeah. Kier Price from Paul Catholic. We kind of alluded to that. It, the writing was on the wall there, guys. What are we getting in Kier Price? Um, honestly, like he's a little bit on the shorter end, but Rutgers has these short defensive interior defensive linemen that are successful. Look at Joyce Turner. I mean, he's not that small, but he's he's smaller. Shiano's had a history of those shorter linemen performing oh, yeah. well, from you know Eric Foster to. Ramiel Meekins, list it's, goes on and on. It's a very good late get. He's a former four-star. He got um, downgraded a little bit. He's, he struggled over the past year. Um, he added some 
bad weight. He moved from defensive end to the interior. Now I think he's playing defensive end again for DePaul. He's at, he's kind of turned a little bit into a muscle. He's really got like a strong motor. Like he's nonstop um, almost every play for DePaul on defense. Um, the only question I have about him is that like, if you watch his tape, every single snap, instead of going straight, like or underneath the guy, he's just going stands up and then pushes. And I'm like, what the mm-hmm. hell is going on here? But like little stuff like that, you could teach. Um, considering it's what signing day is a month away from today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, it's a, it's a pretty good late get like December, some December 12th, 13th or something like that. I think it is, is signing day. So the fact that you're getting a kid from the big North, number one, the Paul Catholic uh, school that you don't recruit very well in the past. And then um, he's, he's a good prospect. He's a good late prospect and they need an interior defensive lineman. And uh, it's, it's a good get. There's nothing else to it, right? Mm-hmm. We had a pretty good contingent of recruits at the game on Saturday from uh, what I can gather uh, from Ellis Robinson, who's a top 2024 prospect. We had Samaj Bridge, Samaj Bridgman from uh Archbishop Wood there. He's the top 150 prospect next year. Uh, what did you guys hear from the recruits? How they ha- Did they have collectively a pretty good time? I know the result is always something the fans care much more about than the recruits. It's more about like getting to know the coaches and seeing everything on campus. What did you guys hear from some of the recruits about the visit? I mean, Alex and Ryan put together the Inside the Banks this week, which posted today with all kinds of reactions. Um, Samaj Bridgman, I know I talked to uh, quite a bit. Ryan talks to him a lot. So he's, he's basically down to Rutgers and Penn state. It's been like that for a while. So it's like a top, top 100, top 150 kid, whatever he is exactly. Um, that's, that's a big one. He's probably going to take more visits before any decisions. Teammate Marcus Dixon, three-star high three-star tight end. I think he might be a four-star actually. No high three-star, uh, came, he enjoyed it. There's a couple quotes from him. There's a couple 2023s, 24s. 25s even that like showed up that are going to be studs like stone saunders out of bishop mcdevitt in pennsylvania mm-hmm. he's going to be so mm-hmm. goddamn good is he a quarterback yeah quarterback prospect he uh he, who, who's the quarterback that played there that went to wake forest i can't remember um he was on a uh, qb1 <laughs> yeah the qb1 um, Rutgers Tavon bowers yeah yes bowers, yeah, Tavon yeah, bowers. So he's at that school um he's gonna be really good to get him on campus as early is huge uh other than that let's see oh jason jenkins is one to watch 2022 defensive end who's probably an interior guy in the future i think he's already like 260 six five six four 260 something like that mm. he came for that a notre dame high school yeah. right yeah yep. taekwondo underwood uh alum mm-hmm. but uh yeah he, he's an intriguing prospect uh we talked to him got a little insight Rutgers hasn't offered yet and i'm not sure if they will or not it seems like it was BC's – he was BC's to lose at this point. But then Pitt came in. He reminds me a lot of Kmart memes, like a late mm-hmm. bloomer, tall, lengthy defensive end. He's got to learn some technique. He's a little raw in that aspect. But he's just huge. At, I'm sorry, he's 6'6", 260. Like, he's just a big, massive defensive end – or defensive lineman. Um, playing at Notre Dame is not the biggest school in the world. So that's kind of going to hurt his, hurt his recruitment a little bit. He didn't really blow up, but he did gain. He had a massive weight gain, I was told, from junior year to senior year this past offseason, and that's, like, the big reason why he doesn't have many offers. But, obviously, you saw Pitt, Boston College, and uh, Indiana Temple saw him recently, and boom, offer, 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 offer. And it's like, all right, well, take a look at this kid. If he comes on a visit in uh, December with, like, some of the other commits and recruits, 
I could see Rutgers landing him if they offered like very easily. It's just a matter of if Rutgers wants to offer him or not. Limited class, just got another defensive lineman in peer or price. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's up in the air right now, but very good prospect overall. That's awesome. Um, transfer portal starting to heat up. Uh, we've kind of mentioned that and alluded to it recently. I think we have our first example of a guy that we're actually going after, though. Um, so Josh, Joshua Moore, he's a receiver out of the University of Texas. He announced his uh, transfer last weekend. He got into some argument with Steve Sarkeesian and then almost immediately landed in the portal. Um, he's a, he was a former top 150 recruit out of Texas. Uh, he's six foot three. He had a pretty good season uh, this year and last year. Um, He'd be a legit. He'd probably be our best receiver next year if we ended up landing him. I know you were talking about doing a little digging on this kid. What have you heard about him? Uh, nothing crazy so far. I'm still learning. He's very underweight. I think he's like 165, 170, something like that. It's six one. That's like it's like my like weight and like adding five in, or well, I take that back. Adding three inches. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he's an intriguing receiver. Um, that's I think that's going to be a big selling point for Rutgers is like you just mentioned, he would be probably the number one receiver here at Rutgers. He, uh, the fact that they are losing Bo Melton, Shmeen Jones really hasn't stepped up. Cruikshank Toe is going to be that slot guy. He's probably never going to be in true number one. Plus, he's going to be recovering from an injury now, which looks like was probably a knee injury. Um, so we don't know how he'll recover. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the transfer portal is going to be a huge selling point is going to be like, Hey, you can come in, step in day one, get a four-star quarterback, get it. I wouldn't sell the line at all. Um, <laughs> get a decent couple of decent tight ends and Kanapka Langan, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, you have decent running backs too. It's like, Hey, you're going to have play under Sean Gleason, who's produced quite a few, uh, NFL prospects between his time at Princeton probably sell like the Chubba Hubbard thing too a little bit because he did coach. Oh, him. absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it doesn't apply to a receiver, but still another guy in the NFL that you coach. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, uh, I think, I think that like, that's, they're going to land a pretty good wide receiver in the portal. I don't know who, but maybe more is it. I agree. And uh, November, late November, early December is kind of the sweet spot for the transfer portal. So keep on the lookout for uh, posts from about that. And we'll definitely get, keep talking about that over the next few podcasts because oh, it's yeah. about to get exciting. Um, it's going to be hectic well, again. I hate it. Definitely. <laughs> One of the last things that we kind of earmarked to talk about regarding football before we move on to basketball. Um, there's been a lot of game day problems this year for Rutgers. Um, we had one post that kind of summed it all up uh, by Cranford night this week. Um, we can just kind of go through these one at a time. and You could talk about them like the, the ticketing situation in general from the ticket app to the lines to get in the stadium is a horrendous experience. Like we had people saying that they didn't have their barcodes uh, mm-hmm. from the Scarlet Knight app to actually get in the stadium. The lines are backed up. They're just letting people in droves come into the stadium without even showing their ticket. Like this is a disaster. They, they need to do something. I get it. You want to move to the 21st century or 20, yeah, 21st century. But like um, it's just, god awful like do something about it everyone's going to request printed tickets next year Mm -hmm. i'll tell you that much like it's getting to the point where it's like this is this is ridiculous like stop if it's not working either hire people or do something hire more people yeah i i think i think you definitely should have had an option to print out the ticket and they did 
you oh, they did. They did. Okay. Yeah, you had to pay okay. for it extra. You had to re- go out of your way to request it. it wasn't uh, like- right. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah. there you go. I mean, like that's that's ridiculous itself. I know. I think there was a problem like nationwide with like StubHub or something over the weekend. Um, so I think that had something to do with it. But I know early in the season, I remember seeing lines just you know waiting outside of the gate. The first game, there's like an yeah, hour was the first line. Game. Like yeah, it was just bad. it was bad. So insane. Yeah. Another thing is. I think a general student attendance problem and early in the season, freshmen, like you have nothing else to do. I remember being a freshman at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. You were just kind of like guided there from your orientation to football games. That's the easy part. Getting, you know, juniors and seniors who have been there for a while, trying to watch a shitty product in Rutgers football the last decade, like do not like these Gestapo cops that wander through the different lots, giving tickets to kids. It has to end. Like, do we want a real home field advantage? We need students. The rowdy students or drunk students. Like, who gives a sh- Every school in the country I, yeah. has drunk kids <laughs> in the stand. Why is it a problem at, at Rutgers and not everywhere else? I don't – like, I remember growing up, like, I was younger, and I used to go to the games and I'd be like, oh, look, that's the, that's a little student tailgate. Like, that's wild. I can't wait to do that. <laughs> I got to college. I'm like, where the hell is it? What happened? What the fuck happened? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, they oh. had, like, one game where they had the alley, and it was, like, a complete mob show, and oh, one the, kid the throws a, a bottle. Cool idea. You can't endorse it, obviously, due to, like, insurance policies and shit like that. But at the end of the day, like, you got – I think my thought, my theory was pretty good. Like, Pike goes to uh, all the frat houses or whatever, sorority houses, goes, like, one by one, buys some pizza. Hey, come to the game, have fun. Like, doesn't give them anything, just, like, pizza and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, in, endorse it. I want Chiano going house to house, handing out like under the table, like here's a parking pass, here's a bar. Even you could probably do it over the table. Probably, I don't think there's anything against it. Just give out parking passes back. Hey, here's three for your frat. Here's three for this frat. Here's three for that sorority. Just make sure they're all like together, so it's more of like okay. a student tailgate. Yeah, are the cops still gonna be a problem? Yeah, probably at the end of the day, but it's not that hard to hide alcohol, really. I'm not. I'm not endorsing that, but <laughs> I mean, but they go through. I remember being in the blue lot. I've had to show my ID there. Like they just go through and wander and the people with cups, they ask for ID. They don't even know what's in the cup. They're just, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. football. They're overstepping. Like, it's a tailgate. Just let it go. Like it's not that as much the kid over here is like puking his guts up or like acting stupid, walking in the cars and stuff. All right. Then you take them away. Other than that, what it's, it's college. You have the college kids don't drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should be. The only reason they should be there is to respond to incidents. If there's yes. a fight, if somebody passes out, if there is some kind of danger to the public, they should respond. They should not be going looking for problems, which is currently what they're doing. But now now you see the student section affected by it. I saw a picture the other day, 15 minutes before the game, five minutes before the game also. There's, what, 100 people there maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not, bad. It's, yeah, like are most people going to try to like stay out and like keep drinking? Of course they are. But you're still going to – you could double, triple, quadruple that even just by mm-hmm. having – student tailgate like type thing yeah and then like i know i mean this doesn't have to do, i guess it kind of has to do with students too but i know like after the press conference last saturday you know shannon was you know i guess you know <clears throat> making sure the fans you know came to the game he posted you know a couple of videos during the week about it and like no one you know no one came still so i mean uh, uh, yeah, i mean I mean, I mean i mean yeah Rutgers needs to you know have the product in the field to make them come um but yeah. at the same time like they still need the fans, you know, at the stadium to help them. You know, Rutgers has been has had a terrible home record the last, you know, year or two, you know, specifically uh, compared to on the road. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I mean, sh- surely, you know, 
home field advantage is he's as he says his only home field advantage when when the fans are there, you know, making noise and everything. So I, I honestly and I, I like kick. I know a lot of people aren't fans of him on the board, but he brought up a really good point. It's like mm-hmm. let students drink and tailgate. If girls go, guys follow. If frats go, girls follow, then guys follow, then the social crowd follows. Like it's it's very, very simple. <laughs> the simple mm-hmm. concept. I don't know. They yeah. gotta do something next year. I do think that maybe it was a little tough this year just because people are still getting back to normal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same like next year, you have to like do something to get these students on board from day mm-hmm. one. I mean, like a, a place like Rutgers is very different than like Nebraska when there's like a billion things to, you know to do. But yeah, yep. it's, it's also so far from campus. And like if you're gonna start your pregame on College Ave, why am I gonna like? I don't know, be tipsy or be like half in the bag and be like, oh, I'm going to try to find a bus to get over to the, the stadium. Oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they, 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 the bus is more like readily available. Put them in more locations. Put them right out. Put, hell, go pick them up at this point. Do a free like shuttle service or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They kind of do, but it's like, it's shitty. It's usually a mess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah winning will solve a lot of these problems, right. but if you're trying to actually you don't want to also do things that will stifle that in any way. Like winning will help so much, but mm-hmm. don't put, don't get in your own way, which is kind of what we're doing on a few fronts right now. Yeah. But, but I, I, someone else said it. And I, I hate to like keep rehashing everything and talking about this topic, but someone else said like, yeah, is there going to be a headline college kids drunk? No. Like, yeah, there's going to be more drunk college kids at the game. Who cares? It'll probably be louder than half the, half the stadium <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I mean, the majority of the sound comes from people who don't yell to sit down on third down, which is the fucking student that. section. I got yelled at for that at the Giants game a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I'm third down. Like, I'm three rows ahead of you. Number one, there's there's a gap. Like, number two, it's like, I'm, it's third down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I got to stop. All right, let's go into basketball primer. Men's basketball opens tomorrow night versus Lehigh. They play four games in, like, the next 10 days after that. Um, I'm so excited for this. You guys have to be pretty fired up to talk about a team that's supposed to be pretty good this year and kind of carry that momentum into your coverage. Uh, we did post a thread uh, asking for some questions. I figure we can go through those now. Um, then we could talk a little bit more about the basketball team kind of organically through all this stuff. Yeah, so the first question we got was from Are You Bird. He wants to know who will lead the team in three-point percentage and field goal free throw percentage this year. Ooh. It's all you. Um, first, Chris. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, this might be a little bit of a sneaky pick. Uh, I'll start, I'll start with free throws, actually. I'll start with free throws. Free throws will go with uh Caleb McConnell. Um, he led the team last year. Um, he's been you know really consistent from the foul line. Um, I think he'll I think you know a healthy Caleb will be able to do more things in the court and uh he will be able to get to the line more and convert those and um you know better free throw percentage overall for the team only helps the team. Um, as far as three point percentage, um, I did I did think about this a little bit. Um, a sn- sneaky pick. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Paul Mulcahy. Um, I know I know he doesn't take a ton of threes, but when he does, he's been knocking them down pretty well. Um, in, pra- in practice that we saw a couple weeks ago, I know it was obviously one practice, um, but he you know shot really well from the, from the corners. Um, another option. I mean, I know all, you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at Paul there. So you go ahead. See, see, you're stealing my pick, man, for three point <laughs> <Yeah>. percentage. <clears throat> I was gonna, uh, if I have to pick, I'm going to 
pick someone else just because you mm-hmm. picked Paul. But I do think Paul will probably lead the team in three point percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene Jones, probably my other option. That was who I was going to go with. Yeah, he I, like I said, he went three of three in a game against Villanova. Which one was the first one? Villanova. Villanova, yeah. Three of three from three. So it's like he's not a strictly a three point shooter by any means, but he's pretty good at it. So it's like if he's open, make him a spot up shooter from time to time. I'll go with him, but Paul's going to be right there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one and two, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, unless Ron can keep up what he started that's, last year and kind of. That's the third option. Cause I've all I've heard about Ron is he's like really dedicated himself this off season. If you look at some pictures of him, he does look like he's lost a little bit of weight. Yeah. Most definitely. He's my pick for three point percentage mm-hmm. free throws. That's mm-hmm. tough because we had, we didn't really have many great free throw shooters last year. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who they sent to the line for techs. I think they would send geo there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I'm going to go with geo for that. seems probably. like he's got the most trust. Sorry. No, no, you're good. It's probably, it's probably, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably geo or Caleb. One of those two, mm-hmm. you guys both hit them. So, I mean, I maybe run, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Next questions from Redline HW. Why did Jacob Young leave? Um, basically, I'm a little shocked he left in the first place. I didn't think he was going to. There was um some, I don't know what you want to call it, animosity between players last year. I think that's pretty clear based on board posts and based on like everything we've heard and read. Um, I thought he'd go pro. I really thought he'd go straight to the. The mm-hmm. CBA play with his brother Joe Young, go make some pretty good money. I think Joe Young actually just won MVP at, at the China League, or was oh, like nice. most improved wow. player, one there of those two. I forget nice. what it was MIP, MVP, whatever. Uh, he's he's pretty damn good over there. Figured Jacob would just follow, but I do think he wants that one last chance to try to make the NBA. He's one of the quickest guards in the country, if not the quickest. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> if he could be more consistent, not turn the ball over as much, maybe he has a shot at the G League, but I don't see it happening. We saw Corey Sanders not even get like barely any run in the G League, mm-hmm. and I thought he was better than Jacob. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we're gonna mm-hmm. say on the transfers or on Jacob at least. Yeah, he kind of gave me. I'm a Sixers fan, so he kind of gave me a little bit of a Jimmy Butler vibe in terms of his presence on the court. Like his intensity seemed like it might have rubbed some people the wrong way because yeah. it wasn't. No, I mean it's. It, it's a vibe like that's like yeah. how some players are but jimmy butler sucked with minnesota i shouldn't say sucked he was very good he just wasn't a team guy in minnesota mm-hmm. goes over to philly maybe not as much either then miami it's like oh holy shit this guy's like a leader this is weird mm-hmm. yep so yep our next question is from ej gons he wants to know who our predictions for the breakout player on the team is and also if we're hearing anything on 22 recruiting how many times do i gotta say it Jaden Jones, Jaden Jones, Jones. I am sticking by this one. I'm sticking to my guns. He is going to be a phenomenal player. You guys are going to watch the game tomorrow and you're like, holy shit, Richie's a genius. He knows what he's talking about. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll switch it up here. I'll go Cliff O'Marui. I know. Cop out. Yeah. I mean, he played played a good amount last year. He was also hurt. Um, You know, it's his freshman season. Um, from, from what, from what I know, he, you know, put in a ton of work this off season. Um, he's gotten bigger. Um, he's worked on his outside shot also. Um, so, I mean, they're going to need him to stay out of foul trouble and stay healthy. Um, but I think Cliff O'Murray has a bright future and a bright season ahead of him, uh, you know, this year. Um, 2022 recruiting. Uh, are we, are we posting this today? Do you know, Mike? Yes. I'm going to post it, uh, this afternoon. Yep. Okay, perfect. If we're going to post it today, tomorrow, signing day. Um, Wolf Folk gonna sign Simpson gonna sign 
they're going to save a scholarship for spring. Um, <clears throat> they technically have two left. I think actually three left if you count Ron leaving. Okay. Because Ron, Ron's not coming back. Like, I get it. He's technically a junior, quote unquote. Right. No shot he comes back. I already talked to him about this in preseason, blah, blah, blah. We're, whatever, move on. Um, <laughs> I would look for a kid to reclass um, or Mongolian Mike, who's still available. I mean, he, are, he did take an official visit, yes. I, if you get him back on campus, I think he replaces Braden Moore and, ironically, Moore. I think he's a better version of him. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Mongolian Mike, uh, they, they hosted Gus Yaldin recently. He's very high on the program. He loves Steve Peichel and crew. He, he's a potential guy I, got, I could see reclassing. I know he's down at IMG right now, I think it is. Seems like he had a fallout falling out with the Wisconsin staff as well. Who, he's yeah, from that, Wisconsin. That's a little intriguing just because um, I think I forget if he's a Wisconsin or Nebraska native. I think he's a Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin native. Yeah. So the fact that that staff's kind of falling back a little bit, he's not your, he's not the best big man in the world. Cause he's a little undersized at six, nine, but I hate, I tell the people this all the time. You don't need to be seven foot to be a good center anymore. Like it's, it's fully proven. Especially if he can shoot like he can. He could shoot. He could dribble. If you watch Jokic play, he's just a shorter version of Jokic. They call he him actually, like, I don't know if any of you guys follow him on uh, social media, but he dressed as Jokic for Halloween. Halloween costume, spot on. Like, mm-hmm. spot fucking on. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, very, very good player. They would be – he would probably be the first big man they've ever had that could shoot like that. And I, I think Ralph G will kind of stretch the floor a little bit to that mid-range game. But if you get Gus, he will stretch the floor all the way to the, the outside at that point. He can do mm-hmm. it all. But, well, yeah. will will Gus get into fights like Jokic does in the court? I don't know if you oh my god, that, that was that was that was pretty scum. <laughs> I mean, the Morris twins are known as like dirty players, but what he yeah. did in response was pretty dirty. Yeah, yeah. That, no, you definitely can't be doing that. But at the same time, like you're up what seventeen? Why are you like hacking? Like, mm-hmm. so play devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah, at half court too. Like, like half the hell court you down seventeen, and you're just gonna fucking run up and like hack them and. Yeah, the, the little shoulder drop was a little scummy too, but it's like, come on, what are we doing? Like, stupid. Yeah, for my breakout player, I'm going to also go Jaden Jones. I've said this to you guys before. I think he has the highest upside on the entire team in, in terms of if you were to tell me somebody on the team was an NBA first-round pick in a year, it would be Jaden Jones. I think his his game translates the best to the NBA given his size. He's put on like 30 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Like, mm-hmm. Given he's like he's listed at six eight, I think he might be a little shorter than that. If you look at the team photo, Paul's actually taller than him. Paul's listed at six six, so mm-hmm. they're probably both around six seven. But his size and his shooting ability translates to the NBA the best of anybody on the team, in my opinion. Um, aforementioned uh, KYK uh, asked, uh, "When do Ken Palm rankings begin to take shape? One, two, three months in." I don't know if you guys have any kind of understanding of how Ken Palm really works. Um, yeah, it, it includes a lot of different analytics. Um, I'd probably say two, two and a half months in, just because that's when you kind of get a couple of the bigger games and bigger matchups through. And then obviously it updates after every single game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you probably have to wait two months in. So then you'll see like the the classics where they'll get through some of those. They got some of the preseason tournaments that are, I think start tonight, actually. Yeah, start yep. tonight, yeah. Yeah, so once you get through all that stuff, once you get through the ACC big, the uh, the Gavit games, all the, all that other good stuff. Once you get through all that, you're kind of kind of see where everyone starts to lie and where everyone's starting to go. You obviously won't know too much because it's not conference play, and conference play guys tend to beat 
beat the hell out of each other. Look mm-hmm. at the Big Ten, for example. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it there. Yeah, and that's also when like strength and schedule stuff starts to kick in. Like it's tough to really have a good understanding of how good your team is when you're just playing like powder puffs for nine games straight with like the occasional big um, out of conference game. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. No comment on that one. <laughs> Uh, Greg Moore, 23, wants to know how big our core rotation will be this year. Um, depends on the game, I guess. That's um, – I don't know because there's there's one, two, three. There's obviously a starting five of who I think is going to be Gio, Paul, Caleb, Ron, uh, Cliff. Cliff yeah. um, Ralph's going to have to play some minutes, so that's six. Moat Mag is going to get significant minutes. That's seven. Hyatt. Um, Hyatt eight, Jane Jones nine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it <laughs> could it could get up to like nine, ten. Well, yeah, I think in preseason it's it's tough to say because I think in um, I don't know actually. This is a tough one. I don't know this one. I'd agree that it's probably I, I, I going to be. Like, I think it will depend on like the game and the matchups, foul trouble, everything, everything like that. Absolutely, but yeah, I think injuries as the season nine is nine probably is probably. I mean, I mean. Pike Pike likes to play a good amount of guys and keep guys fresh too. So it's also who's going to emerge from these this young group of players between mm-hmm. uh, between Miller, Reber, Palmquist. Um, one of those guys will probably emerge as a contributor. It's just we don't know who yet because they haven't actually stepped onto the court for significant minutes. Oops, my bad. Knocking everything over. Um, <laughs> yeah, my bad. I had to run out real quick. Stupid Amazon guy uh bringing the doorbell uh what was the question just about the core of the rotation oh we're still on that one all right yeah um yeah i mean it's it's really interesting because in the yukon game it was mag hyatt then jones Mm -hmm. so it's like all right if those three are gonna play then you gotta include a g we're already at nine people and it's like do do you really want a nine-man rotation that's a lot like Mm -hmm. i guess if they're good enough yes but I don't know. I would have probably put Hyatt and Jones over Mag, but Mag's, I guess, probably your best defender, maybe of the group. Yeah, and and Miller's a good defender too. So I mean, they'll. Is I mean, the non-conference will probably tell us a lot more than you know than what we know now too. So it's definitely. I mean, I mean, nine nine's a good number. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's in nine. Yeah. It's probably the ideal number. And we didn't get this last season with the, the out of conference schedule. Like this is going to be a time where a lot of young guys see some minutes, they get some acclimation to the college game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're going to have a good idea of what the core is until probably Clemson and Seton hall, the the, the out of conference games that are the only tough ones we have, which kind of leads us in. We've had a lot of questions about, you know, a season prediction record predictions out of conference. So let's kind of package all those together. Yeah. The out of conference we play. I don't know how many games, between 10 or 12, two of them are the actual good games between Seton Hall and Clemson. Uh, Clemson, we all know because we played them in the ACL tournament last year. Seton Hall, we all know because they're our rival. Uh, what do you guys think we do in out of conference? Do you guys think it's a clean sweep? What's your prediction for record? Um, I, I, think, I think it's hard to kind of predict a clean sweep. I mean, you never know what, what can happen. Um, I, I would say probably, you know, 10 and one, probably. I think, I think there's 11, uh, 10 and one. I mean, maybe lose to scene hall. Um, but other than that, Rutgers Ooh. will be, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it depends. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, I, it, it's hard to, to complete. It's hard to predict a uh, project to complete. A, you, know, you know, there's there's a lot of factors. I don't know. I mean, I think they'll beat, you know, the NGITs, the Lehigh's, the Merrimax and everything. But um, seeing Hall, I mean, I guess I guess I guess I would pick Rutgers to win that game. But I, I would just say it would probably be the closest game out of the other ones. And then other than like DePaul or, or Clemson also. Yeah, I'm looking now. I mean, Lehigh win, Merrimack win, NGIT win. DePaul right. is probably the first real test. Mm-hmm. Late Thursday night game, middle of the week. Um, coming off three, that's two days rest after NGIT. Mm-hmm. I, that's probably their worst game setup right now for out of conference. And then obviously Clemson. But Clemson at home, I think you should win. You'll have that atmosphere. I'm actually surprised that one's not sold out. I know it's a Tuesday night at 9 p.m., but like mm-hmm. it's probably your biggest home out of conference game. Actually, it is. Yeah. That I can see. I'd right. imagine it will sell out too, especially as if, if things go how we expect. If they're four 0 going into that game, I mean, or, I know. Sorry, six 0 I know. I know. Um, I mean, just from you know my my wife's side of the family, I know Hanukkah is, starts around that time. Okay. I don't know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. So. It's a nine o'clock game too. Like it's not ideal because you're probably not getting home till what eleven, twelve. If yeah, you're yeah, yeah. That, you know what? Yeah, it's a good point. Nine o'clock games are rough. Absolutely, <laughs> that's rough. I'm surprised they're not more tailgating at basketball. Mm. I know it's a football thing, but like you have the overhang. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's tough for the weekday games too because well, no, a lot of yeah, people are no, coming right from work or coming picking up their kids from school and driving to the stadium or driving to the arena. True, mm-hmm. true. A lot, like, a lot of the student, a lot of the students still are parked are parked there too. Like this Saturday versus uh, mm-hmm. Merrimack. Like that's a yeah. I mean, I may, yeah, maybe like the earlier. I mean, I've seen I've seen tailgating for, for for wrestling at the rack a little bit. Yeah, well, that I think it's a different atmosphere too. I think wrestling mm-hmm. wrestling fans just are being like yeah football people too. It's like yeah. and then I mean also you know obviously in the winter it's a lot colder too. So very true. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Seton Hall is as good as people say. I do think they they definitely got arguably the best three point shooter in uh, Jameer Harris in transfer Jameer Harris this year. I think even Andy Katz rated him number one in three point shooting. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a tough one to defend. Um. They have a good big man. I think I forgot his name. Uh, is it? It's not Obiagu, right? Oh, you guys might not know. I don't know. I'm I, sure. I, I don't know. I pay attention to way too many college teams <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I got I got way too much going on. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a decent team, so that's probably going to be their toughest matchup. Um, the only good thing is I think Seton Hall has a pretty tough schedule, so that's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they play Michigan on the 16th already. They play Ohio State. And then I think Rutgers might be their next one. Hmm. Oh, and then they play Texas, then Rutgers. Hmm. So they might be coming into this game with two, three losses. And I kind of yeah. like against three Big Ten teams, if you get three losses versus three Big Ten teams, I think mm-hmm. that kind of shuts down the narrative that like Seton Hall's the better program. Hmm. It's a lot a lot different than Rutgers' non-conference <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot harder. And then Rick Pitino yeah. right after Rutgers too. Like that's – I give them credit. I They do play quite a few good teams in their out-of-conference. Mm-hmm. But then their conference schedule is a huge drop-off compared to Rutgers' conference schedule. So it's like it equals out. Yep. So in terms of out-of-conference, anywhere from 8-3 and three at worst to 11-0 and 0 at best. Yeah. I'd Looking say, like the record. I'd say 10-1 yeah. is probably pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think – I agree. I think we dropped one of one of the games between DePaul, Clemson, UMass, and Seton Hall and win the, win the others because UMass on the road during the week too. That, yeah. And then, yeah. and then and then being back on the rack will help. Oh, sorry, that's the Saturday games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I just don't think UMass is that good either. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They, they were good last year. I don't know how good. I think they lost their top player, didn't they? Uh, I'm not sure. I we just – we seem to have one game a year where on the road especially we just lay an egg. Like mm-hmm. we had Binghamton a few years ago. We had that one game against some – some. I think it was a team in New York City where we played at like some old arena and we lost on like a Saturday game. Oh, for, uh, Fordham. Fordham, yeah, yeah. Fordham. Nick yeah. Honor. Nick Honor was good. Honor. Yeah, I mean for what it's worth, according to Kempom right now, Rutgers is rated below um, – Clemson and Seton Hall for now. Yeah, so yeah. I take I, I was right. Uh, Trey Mitchell, their top big man who averaged nine, 18.8 and 7.2 last year, transferred to Texas. So it's like they're not the same team by any means. They're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. I think they have a new coach too, actually. Okay. Okay. No, Matt McCall. What do you guys think for the conference record? I think let's set the over under. We're playing tw- 20 conference games this year. Is that what it is? Right. Yeah, I think so. So let's set the over under at nine and a half. Do you guys think we win more, fewer, or more than nine and a half? I hit the over. I hit the over. I hit the over pretty confidently, actually. I think this team's better than last year's, and I think there's no denying that they're mm-hmm. different. Yes, they lost their best interior defensive big man. Yes, but Quiff's still pretty damn good. Quiff's um, developed a ton. I think he's going to be a monster in the paint, whether it's on offense or defense. Um, he's. I think already he's a better offensive player than. Uh, Miles was, mm-hmm. and that's going to play pay huge dividends. Then you bring in a guy like a G who's going to switch it up a little bit and play around that mid range type area, and he's a hell of a rebounder. So I mean, this is this team's going to be so much different. They're going to be a lot more fast paced, and yeah, Jacob Young probably would have fit a little better, mm-hmm. minus the whole like off the court stuff. He probably would have fit pretty nicely with this year's team, but at the same time, they have a lot of weapons. We just talked about it. It's nine ten. 11 deep arguably in this team. So it's like, I like this team a lot. I do think they're going to be a top. Oof, I, I got to be, be careful here, actually. <laughs> I think, I, I think they finished the season ranked. I think yeah, this is going to be that. Pike's best team. I think we win also more than nine and a half games. We do have a brutal schedule though. We have to play Illinois twice. We have to play yeah. Michigan twice. We have to play <laughs> Purdue twice. Those are the top three ranked teams in the conference. Illinois, we got to play all of them twice. Illinois without a doubt is winning this conference in my opinion. Mm. yeah they're that good they're they're very very good they lost we got kofi back which was a surprise but they lost ao ao hurts but curbello is going to take that leap that he's going to already kind of taken already a little bit Mm -hmm. he's he's been a hell of a player he's going to dominate the league um i know andy katz put out his top 20 big 10 players Rutgers had two of the top 10 which is huge but illinois had four of the top 20 and it's like oh shit like (laughs) pretty good I I I probably go go the over there, um you know both you know they do have a tough schedule absolutely, um I think you know, the fans at the JMA's uh you know I guess will will help. Uh, I know it's not like it's it's weird like saying that um, so yeah I mean um you know you know bull bull prediction piece coming out soon, um I have Rutgers as um, I I'll, I have Rutgers finishing in the top half of the Big Ten and the sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I'll definitely take the over on that Big Ten uh, prediction. There. I thought you said bowl predictions. I was like, damn, talking about twenty twenty two already. Oh. <laughs> bowl, the ball for hoops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's possible, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? The more I look at it, what was Rutgers it's projected seventh, eighth, something like that? Oh yeah, around eighth. that area. Yeah, I believe. So. I'd say as high as six. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, if not higher. I think six yep. is pretty good. It's a good guess. Mm-hmm. 
So season predictions, uh, this one's tough because it's not like you can pre- it's football is much easier to predict in terms of like, we'll go four and eight. We'll do this. We'll do that. Like basketball play 30 plus games. They don't instead of play tournaments, ultimately like a lot about how you match up against your first yep. two opponents and then just how, how much magic you can catch lightning in a bottle. I think we're going to make the sweet 16 this year. That's my prediction. I think we're going to finish top four, top five in the big 10. I think they're going to be a, five seed in the NCAA tournament. I think wow. Jaden Jones leads them in scoring per game this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming out hot. I, I, I think, I think it's pretty on par with, with uh, Richard there with Jaden Jones there. Hey. I'm super high on Jaden Jones. Good. You, I'm telling you, watch his tape. He can do it all. He can dribble. He can shoot and <clears> drive. He can shoot from the outside. He can score. He can dunk. He's lengthy. He can play defense. He's mm-hmm. one of the best defenders at the Pangos All-American um, thing, camp, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, like two years ago. Had a whole season of re- like working out with the team, gaining muscle, doing all the off the court shit that you have to do. Mm-hmm. These kids are in the gym twenty four seven. Between him, between Quiff, between Jalen, between I don't I don't know because Gio and Ron really don't post on social media as much. But the, those three do, and it's like every single day you go on Instagram or yeah, I guess Instagram on their Instagram stories. It's like five a.m. gym, six p.m. gym. Wait, is that the same day? Oh wait, five a.m. gym again. Wait, what the what the hell? Like these kids are nuts. Like. Yeah, and, and you got to think of, like, what plays well in the NCAA tournament? It's experience, it's shooting, and it's guard play. And we have all three of those things, hypothetically. And like, we have a ton of experience. We should be much improved as shooters. Like, I think our Achilles seal might be free throw shooting again, but that's kind of to be seen. Who knows how much they've actually improved in the offseason? I'm intrigued to see, like, this rotation just because you got – this is literally – like, I know we said it last year. We say it every year almost. Basketball is non-positional now but now you have Jaden Jones that can guard and play one through four Paul Mulcahy that can play and guard one through four Caleb McConnell is can play and guard one through four Ron Harper plays three four can even dribble like guard at times Gio mm-hmm. plays one two maybe even three at times off ball um Andre Hyatt I don't I don't know what he is he told me he's a guard but I don't know about that one but yeah I think yeah I think two three four cool. like Alpha G four five um I don't know what Oscar is. He's like a three, four, five. Um, what Mag? I don't know what the hell he is. I thought he was a forward when he came in. Now he's playing backup guard at two, three, four. It's like, what the hell is this team? Like they could all interchange. Pike's got to be crazy with these rotations. Like, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. You're going to see some rotations and be like, what the hell? Why is Moat Mag? It's going to be like a tall, lengthy. Like you're going to have six, seven Paul Mulcahy, six, six, six Moat Mag, six, seven, six, eight. Um, what's Caleb six seven? Caleb six seven. Yeah, Juwan, six, seven. Jaden Jones six seven six eight. Quiff uh, six eleven. Like that. There's no one shorter on the court other than a six seven guy. At some points, I feel like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gio is the only guy who's probably like under that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Miller's like six two or so, six one. Yeah. And please give me an all four star lineup. I just want to see it, just so I can tweet it out. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's Paul, Jaden, Hyatt, um, Harper, Quiff. Mm-hmm. Awful. I, I, a four star as well. I think so. yeah. But whatever. It's pretty cool. Did you guys do you guys want to throw a season prediction out there? Six. Uh, Six I don't chart. know. It's all you, Chris. Uh, I, I don't know about record, but I was never a big, you know, record predicting guy. Um, but I'll just say, you know, top half of the Big Ten, make the NSA tournament, uh, over over the nine wins that we talked about in the Big Ten. Um, you know, 10 and one or so in non-conference. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think the team plays extremely well. I think they're, you know, I think they'll be ranked. 
Um, I think I think they'll maybe even surprise some people based on how they played in the in the you know scrimmages so far. Um, so yeah, I mean I think the team will play play really well. The chemistry is there, you know, this time around. Um, you know, the front court depth is question. You know, is a, is a question mark. You know, what happens if Cliff you know gets in foul trouble? You know, can Ag really you know take the reins? Is 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 Reba ready to play? Um, you know, free throw shooting is another one. Shooting is another one. But I think those two things will be improved. Um, they have to, you know, be better at, at, at rebounding this season. That was one thing that really they did really well, you know, the you know, in Pico's first years. Uh, last year, not so much. Um, but I think I think just being back, you know, quote unquote normal season with, you know, fans back from Skyway at, at, the, at the games, I think they'll be a, bit, a big boost for everyone's, you know, morale and spirits and everything so i think it's just overall i'm excited for the season i'm always i'm always excited for basketball season more than football season honestly i like i like just watching i like i like to just watching the games and and uh you know writing about basketball a little, a little more in general so oh i mean uh, when yeah teams, when a team's as good as they are like it's hard yeah. not to be i know um even if you're not a basketball fan like just a team that's coming off a tournament run arguably almost two tournaments in a row which probably should have been but whatever maybe going on three tournaments in a row, quote unquote. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year for Rutgers basketball. It's going to be different. Like I said, it's going to be fast paced. Um, Yeah. That's all, that's all I really got. Yeah. It's going to be cool to have a big time atmosphere at like almost every game with all the, almost all of them being sellouts. It wouldn't shock me at all if every game ends up being a sellout uh, given how many we've already secured this season, but yeah, it's going to be a great, it's a great year to be a Rutgers sports fan outside of, a football fan, yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but even that this promise moving forward. Uh, but speaking of football, we do have a game to talk about. We've mm-hmm. been avoiding doing this. Uh, playing Indiana this week, Indiana is two and seven on the season, oh, and six in the Big Ten. Uh, they're riding a five game losing streak. They've had a fucking brutal schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty bad overall, especially given their quarterback situation. They're 103rd in the FBS in turnover margin. They're 101st in sacks. They're 119th in total offense. They're 117th in scoring offense. Guys, what do you think about Indiana? Do you think we got a chance? What's going on? No. No? No. If you look at their schedule, like, yeah, they're two and seven. Lost against a ranked Iowa, ranked Cincinnati, ranked Penn State, ranked Michigan State, ranked Ohio State, ranked Michigan, and Barely lost to Maryland. So that gives you a little hope if they can be competitive or win against Indiana, maybe there's hope against Maryland, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see it. Um, Rutgers has struggled with mobile quarterbacks in the past, and it does seem like their current quarterback, Donovan McCauley, McCauley mm-hmm. who a former four-star athlete on rivals is uh, our four-star quarterback on rivals is, is that threat that uh, that dual threat that Rutgers always seems to have trouble with former top 100 kid. He didn't look too bad against Maryland a couple weekends ago, but then looked god awful against uh, Michigan. But again, it's a Michigan team, so that's what ranked. I don't even know what they are eight, nine, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not confident in this game. I think morale's down. I think that you can probably read into a little bit of like the message board banner that there's probably a little bit going on, whether it's in the locker room or players, coaches, etc. Um, I know you not you can't read too much because the coaches won't comment on it and they'll probably never get a confirmation on it. But <clears throat> the fact that 
how many young guys started or how many new guys or backups started this week. It's like it's probably pretty telling that there's there's something going on, whether it's a dispute between players and coaches. One of the most the nicest kids in the world, and Mike Tverdov was suspended for the game. And it's like, what the hell? Like mm-hmm. something's going on in the background. We don't know what. Defense has been awful. I think morale down overall, and people are just it, it just turns into fighting at the end of the day. If you're not winning, like it's gonna turn into fighting, but no matter what it who it is, what it is, whatever it is, I can't tell. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I'm definitely indifferent about this game. Um, Indiana um, hasn't had the best season um, that they've, you know, I guess we're maybe expected to have uh, this season coming off of the last really good couple of years. Um, like you said, they did have a tough schedule. Um, you know, quarterback Penix was, has been out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, obviously I know I touched on it early, earlier in the podcast, but, you know, the last time Rutgers was in Bloomington, they passed one yard. Um, that game just did not go well. I hate to bring that up uh, again, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess it the depends. They might have their backup, like <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, Rutgers. You know, I'm not sure who's Rutgers going to play um, in terms of its quarterback. I'm not sure who's going to play in terms of Indiana's quarterback. Um, it's a must-win for both teams. I guess more of a must-win for Rutgers. They still have a chance uh, at a at a bowl game. Uh, you know, yeah. generally speaking, but. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, Rutgers has played a lot better on the road than it has um, at home. I mean, I mean, that's I'll give you some, you know, a little bit of more of a chance there. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, both teams. Both teams have been, you know, definitely struggled at times. So uh, definitely be an interesting game for sure. It's, you know, I was actually looking at the weather, too. It's going to be like pretty, pretty cold cold and windy i did the sim this morning uh i'm not gonna reveal what happened in the sim um but uh yeah, yeah. i know you texted me about it yeah yikes <laughs> yikes yeah uh so i actually i think they have a chance here um they indiana their quarterbacks suck uh yeah. i think on the season their the quarterback mccully he's got like Four, he's got like 30 attempts for like 14 yards or something like that. Wait, let me look at the stats exactly. So I just had it open. So he's got 38 rushes for 58 yards on the season. He does like to run a lot, but they haven't had much success on the ground. Their offensive line's not good at all. They allow a lot of sacks. The team in general is only averaging 3.3 yards per carry on the season. They do have a few interesting weapons on offense. Steven Carr's their lead back. He's basically their bell cow. He's getting almost like 80% of their touches. He's averaging 3.9 yards per attempt on the season. He's got 600 yards and six touchdowns. Peyton Hendershot's probably their best player. He's their tight end. Above, I feel like he's been there for like 20 years, Peyton Hendershot. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a great receiving tight end. He's the ninth grade uh, tight end on PFF. He's got 450, 475 yards and four touchdowns on the season. They also got a pretty good wide receiver in Ty Freifogel, who was really yeah. good last season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had DJ Matthews is underrated too. I know he doesn't have many stats this year, but he's a very underrated player. They have one really good impact defender. Uh, his name's Micah McFadden. He leads the team in tackles for loss and sacks. He's the uh, he's a linebacker. Um, but yeah, I think they have a chance in this game. Um, just given that they are, they do have pretty big deficiencies, even though they happened against good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rutgers has an opportunity. Like you said, they play better on the road. They're in the midst of just like getting their ass kicked multiple, like for like four weeks straight without a bye. They've just gotten dominated by teams. Uh, 
you got to wonder how much motivation they're going to have coming into this game. Given Rutgers does have something to play for and they don't, we'll see. I think it's going to come down to how Vedral plays, honestly. If he can play and he can not get knocked out of this game or beaten up too much, we stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basketball season in Indiana right now. It is in New Jersey, too. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it, but like this, this game's not not a good matchup. I just, I don't know. Like Carr's not averaging crazy numbers rushing, but six hundred yards and six touchdowns basically tells me that he's probably going to run for a hundred yards on Rutgers at this point. The rush defense sucks. Unless Rob Smith is not coaching Sunday or Saturday, then maybe they have a shot. Side note: I can't see him being brought back. I know his contract ends at the end of the year. It's just, it's so bad. It's brutal. Hmm. And it was probably the most questionable hire of the staff too, just because. Fired at what Minnesota, fired mm-hmm. at Arkansas. I know it's probably like you you do like you pick your connections and kind of go from there, but like it's it's just not working. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, no, I'd be surprised if he's brought back as well. But it sounds like he's pretty close with Greg. Like it sounds like they do all the, like their film breakdown together and stuff. So demote him. I don't know. Say, hey Fraser, yeah. you want to be DC? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's probably next man up. I would have to assume experience has done it before in the past it's been co-dc yeah. or whatever. i don't know we'll yeah we'll see well let, let's get into predictions we're going to go around the big 10 uh this six big 10 games this week uh first game is number nine michigan playing at penn state penn state's a a half point favorite in this one um i mean penn state's tough to, to beat at home they've been playing better than their i mean they played ohio state really well mm-hmm. i actually think they pull this this one out I think they went at home. What do you guys think? I'm going to go Michigan in this one. Uh, I don't want to pick Penn State, um, so I'm going to go Michigan. I think uh, Hassan Haskins has taken over the running back room there. Um, was kind of, uh, a Michigan beat Indiana last week. They got the bad taste in the mouth after losing to Michigan State. And, uh, yeah, I'll go I'll go Michigan. Um, after watching, Deshaun Dotson set a record last week for 240-plus receiving yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's hard not to bet against or bet on Penn State. I think Penn State pulls this one out. Uh, Michigan's down. Blake Corum's not healthy. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Michigan's missing a couple other dudes. Eric Wall, their top tight end, is also – he's going to play, but he's not fully 100%. Um, and then I, I just don't think Michigan's that good. I think if you shut down their run game, I think it's kind of game over. And when you're losing your number two running back, all you have to do is really shut down Haskins, and they don't really have – I think their third string's out too, actually. So they're going to struggle this week with injuries. So it's going to be interesting, but I think it's going to be a close one that Penn State pulls out. Okay. Next game is Northwestern at number 20, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, Wisconsin, I looked this up. It was their last week against Rutgers. It was their biggest margin of victory in a Big Ten game since 2011 when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. So they don't tend to win games in the Big Ten by that big of a margin this is a pretty big margin to cover against northwestern mm-hmm. uh wisconsin's still not that good they're 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 like the nokia brick phone of this season like <laughs> if you can keep everything in a certain direction and you, you don't i mean if they could just stay on script they're gonna just wear away teams like kind of like erosion i think they win this game but i don't know if they're gonna cover by 24 points so i'm gonna i'm gonna say they win by more like 17 Okay. Um, I'll go, I'll go Wisconsin covers this one. Um, I think that, um, you know, I think, I think they're just rolling a little bit, uh, you know, one like six, five games in a row or so. 
I think they're I think Wisconsin's just hitting its stride. The defense is 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 obviously nasty. I think you know Northwestern doesn't really have anything going for it on 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 its offense offensive side of the ball. Um, Graham Ertz played a lot better last week against Rutgers, even though uh, you know he still sucks. And uh, nice. yeah, so I'll go. Nice. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. No, I'm so, I'm only kidding. I'm only but I'm only busting his chops. Uh, so I'll go. I'll, I'm going. I'm going Wisconsin though in this one. He still sucks. He had three touchdowns last week and still isn't over 500 for the touchdown interception ratio. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. Six touchdowns, eight on the year, eight interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't. I think Wisconsin wins. Barely, maybe seven, 10 point spread around there. I'd probably go with, but uh, yeah, I don't see um, 24 points at all. I know uh, it's weird to say, I guess Northwestern's better than Rutgers. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, beat them right head to head. So. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. I think Evan Hole is a pretty good running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Robinson, we saw dominate with the Rutgers secondary. I don't know if he dominates the Wisconsin secondary because they're pretty mm-hmm. damn good, but. I can see like a 21 seven game, something like that. Something weird. Basic. So the next game is Purdue is playing at number six, Ohio state, Ohio state's a 20 and a half point favorite in this one. I mean, Purdue has been playing really well this year. Mm-hmm. They've beaten two really good teams in, in Iowa and Michigan state. I mean, Iowa was ranked number two at the time they beat them. So maybe not really good, mm-hmm. but the Michigan state win last week was very impressive. Purdue's given Ohio State problems in the past. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State wins this one, but 21 points. Yeah, I'd probably pick them for 21 points. I think Ohio State rolls. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I would say, I would say if this game was at Purdue, I would kind of put Ohio State an upset alert. Uh, but I'm gonna go Ohio State with this one. But I would say that Purdue gets um gets under the 20, gets, you know, beats the spread. So I don't know, like Purdue unranked against a ranked team kind of makes me want to say Purdue. But we know that's not happening this week. All they have to do, hear me out, put a cornerback on David Bell. Game over. Purdue sucks. End of story. Ohio State wins. Mm-hmm. 20 points, 20 plus points. I'll actually take that and run with it. They've been destroying teams. I know they struggled a little against Penn State. Struggled a little bit against Nebraska, even though Jackson, uh, Jackson, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Smith, Smith, Najat, Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a, a huge game, too. I think he had 240 receiving yards against uh, Nebraska last week. So, I mean, I, I just think if they shut down David Bell, Purdue's kind of screwed, and that's pretty much it. Next game is Minnesota at number 19, Iowa. I was a five and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, this one's tough. I mean, purely because I was playing at home, I'm going to go with Iowa here. But Iowa is probably the biggest fraud in the top 25, in my opinion. Yeah, this one's intriguing. I was actually, you know, you know, very surprised last week when Minnesota lost to Illinois. Um, Iowa last time only beat Northwestern by five, um, and that was um, that was uh, I think I think that was at Northwestern. Um, so I'm gonna go Iowa in this one. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think Iowa won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. Um, Trey Potts is out, right? Still for Minnesota. Grayson Potts. Sure. <laughs> all, right, all right. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's out. I might be wrong, but uh, yeah, Iowa's kind of overrated. Um, Iowa's home, which helps. Three thirty mm-hmm. matchup in Kinnick. It's like 
Uh, I don't know. This is going to be an ugly So game. he is out. He's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's out for the season. It's, it actually shows a snowflake on the weather report. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But hmm. snow, Iowa, running back out for Minnesota. I guess I guess you got to go Iowa with this one. They're going to sneak by. I don't think it's going to be close by any means. I mean, I think it's going to be close by – I don't even know what I'm thinking. It's going to be a close game. Put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Iowa sneaks this one. I don't think they're going to even touch. It's 37 over under. I don't think they even touch that. I think it's going to be ugly, ugly football. And welcome to the Big Ten on Saturdays in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final game before the Rutgers game is Maryland playing at number eight, Michigan State. Michigan State's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, if you guys took my advice last week, you could have gotten Kenneth Walker at plus 600 odds for the Heisman. He's at plus 450 now. Still pretty good. Bet, in my opinion, he's not the favorite. Uh, Bryce Young is still the favorite. Mm. But I think Kenneth Walker is only going to continue to rack up stats. This is going to be a game where they try and get him a ton of carries, get him more into the conversation. He had 136 yards last week in a touchdown and 20 yards receiving. I see Kenneth Walker touching close to 200 yards against uh, Maryland, three or four touchdowns, really just feed him as much as he can actually handle in this game. I think Michigan State just rolls over Maryland. So do you think the loss for Michigan State, though, hurts his, uh, hurts his chances? I mean, anytime you lose, it hurts your chances. Yeah. But I don't think it hurt it that much. I think that moment if – they, if they still find a way to go 10-2, like there's been plenty of examples of guys, especially in a year where, like, nobody's really stood out of mm-hmm. winning the Heisman, like – the year Tim yeah. Tebow won it, Florida went like nine and four. Mm-hmm. When Lamar Jackson won it, they went like nine and three at, at Louisville. Like it's definitely doable if there's no guy who's like a Joe Burrow that season. You know sure. what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm definitely with you here. I'll go Michigan State uh, in this one, covering. I think Walker has a big game. You know, Maryland, Maryland's uh, pretty bad against the run. Um, they're almost you know on par with Rutgers in terms of giving up, giving up rushing yards. Uh, so definitely I'll go Spartans in this one. Yeah. I mean, like you, like you just said, Mike, I do think Kenneth Walker probably runs for like around 200 yards, maybe not exactly over, but I do think I'll get his like 150 or so. And that's pretty much all you're going to need against this Maryland team. That's been struggling. They're again, missing. I say this every week. They're missing their top two receivers and Demas and uh, Demas and Jones. They still have a team Jared who's still pretty damn good, but I don't know. They're just not a good enough team. Tally has been struggling a little bit. He does have 18 touchdowns on the year, which is impressive nonetheless. But, yeah, I mean, I think Michigan State rolls. They're kind of pissed off about that loss last week, and they're going to try to find a way to uh, sneak the Rose Bowl at this point. Mm. Hmm? I guess they could sneak the Big Ten uh, championship too still. Maybe one loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, if, they, if, if Michigan State wins out, they go <laughs> to the – they represent the Big Ten East because I still – I think they still have to play Ohio State. Yes. Okay. I was so, looking at it now. Yeah, they do. And they play Penn State too. So, I mean, that's – if they win out, they're they're in pretty much. Yep. Interesting. So, they still have a ton to play for. They – I mean, with how the college football playoff works, you really just have to, like, state your case every week. Yeah. Like, look at Cincinnati. They're winning game. They're winning every game they have put in front of them, but they're only winning by, like, mm-hmm. 8, 10, 14 points, and that's been affecting their placement. Yeah, it, it's definitely struggled, especially after beating the shit out of everyone else, pretty much. Yep. So the last game of the week, Rutgers at Indiana. Uh, this line has crept down a little bit. Indiana opened as, I believe, an eight, eight and a half point favorite, and now they are a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, I think 
it's really going to depend on how fired up Rutgers is coming into this game. If, if they find a way to motivate these guys and convince them, you know, they still have the pen in their hand, Mm -hmm. need to win two of the last three. I think Rutgers can win this game. Now, do I think Rutgers wins it? Probably not. I think they'll cover the seven and a half though. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I do think that Indiana's skill position players are better than Rutgers, but I also think Bedrill is a little bit better than their quarterback situation. I think their defense isn't very good. I could see them winning this game. I'm not calling for it, but I think they cover the spread. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I was like, I was very indifferent about this game. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, where to go. Um, there's a lot of injuries, um, you know, on the, on the record side, I'm not, you know, too sure about, um, but you know what, I'll be positive here again. Um, I know didn't seem that way earlier, but kind of, you know, changed my tune a little bit. So I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Rutgers win this game on the road. They play a lot better on the road. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, Pacheco has a better game this time around the offensive line kind of bounces back and uh, the defense kind of comes, comes together and, and get, and gets the win. I can't do it. I, I just can't do it after watching this team last week, watching them against Northwestern a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same team that even struggled against Illinois, who's also not good. Against no, Illinois' what, third-string quarterback? No, Peters yeah. played. No, no, Peters is back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just I, I can't take my – keep my mind off of it. There's obviously some, like, fighting in the locker room or something bad happening in the locker room, whether it's coaches, players, like I said before, or something like that. There's little tidbits on the message board from people that are connected that are probably more connected to me to have relationships with players and coaches um, posting about it nonstop. It's, it's not pretty. I think we're team morales down. They're trying anything at this point. They're putting in new starters along the entire defense. It looks like Trey Avery went from lockdown God last year in the slot to arguably the worst corner on the team. Yeah. A lot of young guys in the secondary he, he, he now. He barely played last week. I was looking Ten at snaps. That. Yeah, Patrice Renee is not even playing. Yeah, I'm assuming he's injured or something, but I I don't know. I just I think that they're just going to kind of try to mix in a lot more young guys because you can still use them and save their red shirts. Try to get them more snaps. Um, get them ready for next year. I just this Indiana team's not bad. Like they're not the worst in the world. They're two and seven, but six of those losses are against teams ranked what ten or higher. I think the only one that wasn't was yeah, or eighteen or higher. Sorry, because Iowa. The rest are 10 or higher that they've lost to. And then obviously the one Maryland game, but <clears throat> Rutgers has struggled with mobile quarterbacks. I said this before Donovan McCauley's probably their starter leading rusher last week for him Threw for 250 to 240 against Maryland. I just, I can't see it. I can't do it. Like, I don't think Rutgers wins this. Um, I think Indiana is not going to roll, but I do think Indiana will probably wins by a touchdown or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point in the season, it's all about, in hey, my opinion, motivation. Like, Kill yeah, around like, on a podcast too. Like, geez. like, how does a team like Illinois go to Penn State, beat them, lose to mm-hmm. Rutgers at home, and then go to Minnesota the following week and beat them, who's ranked twentieth at the time? Like, I don't know. It's such a weird college. <laughs> it's college football. <laughs> it's college football, but I think it's also like these coaches need to connect with the players and get them in a mindset where they're like a hundred percent into the game if you're not 100 into the game you see what happens with penn state you see what happens in i don't Minnesota. get how you lock down chase brown chase brown went for 250 then 35 then 223 then 60 against Rutgers, and 147 you mm-hmm. lock him down but then you can't lock down i don't even know it's a malusi or, or actually not even malusi it was allen too mm-hmm. yep. yeah i mean allen if you look at if you look at uh, allen he was he was he was huge it just doesn't make sense to me yeah. like how how do you and then the third string came in and looks pretty damn good yeah yeah 
how do you like struggle so much against certain teams? And then all of a sudden it's just like, if they have like the slightest bit of a passing attack, they're like, all right, play back. Mm-hmm. Let them run. Like what? And then it's like, all right, sell out for the run against Illinois. Look at that win. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm ranting at this point. Uh, Plus you don't, yeah. you don't even know if you have your starting quarterback. There's no That's way. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's clear as day that the two backups just aren't there. They're not there yet. Or if there ever be, who knows? Yeah. Yikes. I feel like I'm watching the Giants. <laughs> but they got to oh, win. God. They gotta yeah, win. but they got the, yeah, they got the win this time. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't have, but they did. Yeah. I was gonna say it's 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 almost like not helpful to get wins at this point if you're if you know your team's bad. Like I'm an Eagles fan and Oof. I'm every time they lose, I'm cheering. Yeah, uh, because their draft pick situation uh for the 22 draft, like they could have three top ten picks. Like, why are you gonna win and Jalen Hurts clearly isn't the answer. So well, that, that's why last night, if you would have saw me on my couch, I'm like screaming about the Bears. I'm like, lose, you bastards. We have their pick. Like, lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, they, they, they pulled it out for you guys. So congrats. We've had a super. The, the uh, refs pulled it out too. Oh, yeah. my. The refs have been god awful this year, especially with that taunting. I feel like the taunting. Yeah call in any game is like the ultimate like if the refs got money on the game they could call taunting <laughs> on like any play yeah who made up that rule like what the fuck we can't so like believe it or not john mara was one of the biggest proponents for the taunting rule like that was an ownership thing like john- if you've heard him talk about like bringing sportsmanship or whatever back into the nfl like the ownership of the NFL wanted there to be taunting as like a point of emphasis. It's fucking stupid, but that's what they want. Like, he's, he's the worst, man. I hate him. He's yeah. the same. He's the only reason we have Gettleman still. And it's like hog moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking four years, about 45 offensive linemen and all of them still suck. Yep. Yep. Andrew I was Thomas excited when I was excited when spot. he was. Yeah. I was excited when he was talking about all the offensive line and it's not, it's not fixed. I'm going to start up a Giants podcast. There you go. <laughs> Huh. It could even be more sad than this podcast. It's, uh, ouch. This, this one in terms of the cool. subject matter, that is. Depressing shit we talked about today. <laughs> hey, I, I will say, I'll, again, again, we'll bring it up. You know, you know, NSA tournament starting up soon. Uh, women's soccer, uh, foot hockey. Yeah, all the good basketball starting, and we're good wrestling starting. signing day. Like signing day is coming up. Yeah, tomorrow's all the Olympic sports. You get all the good players, yeah. all the wrestlers, the baseball players, etc., yep. etc. I got my, I got my. You know what? Fun fact. Uh, you know, I cover high school tennis. Two of the two of the best <laughs> players in the state are all going to. Uh, they're both going to Stanford. It's in- interesting. Ouch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unless you're a Rutgers fan. Oh well, there's no oh men's uh so there's no men's. Oh, it's men's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I um you know most of the good players go to, like all the Ivy leagues or something. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right. All right, guys. This has been a super sized episode. I want to thank you all for listening, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we'll see how this weekend goes, but uh, expect more action-packed pods in the, the upcoming weeks and months because we're gonna have a lot to talk about on a lot of different fronts. So. We will see you guys next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.